So this is the hope of strength this morning we're talking about. And the hope of strength, you should have an outline. The hope of strength. Can anyone tell me the hope of forgiveness? What's the First John 1, 9 tell us? If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So Christians are a confessing people and they're a cleansed people. A forgiven and cleansed, right? The hope of transformation. Do you believe that Christ can change any sinful proclivity in you? Any? He can help you change. What is Galatians 5, 22, 24, the fruit of the Spirit? Someone share that with us. The hope of transformation. What do you have? But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. Right. Those things are things that don't come from within you, but from the Spirit that is within you. Therefore, it is in you. You can have those things instead of the opposite things. And here we have the hope of strength and provision. And the question that we want to set before us is the challenge. Do you believe that Christ can supply all you need to do his will? And that is regardless of temptation, regardless of trial, regardless of personal weakness. Do you believe that? That he can supply you all you need regardless of those things. Hebrews 5.16 is our key verse gives us the hope of this provision. It says, Therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the what? The throne of grace, right? So that we may receive mercy, very much needed, but here is the part of giving us all we need, and find grace to help in time of need. By faith made strong, example trials and weaknesses of Christians. Start there. We've got a rainstorm coming in again. I don't know if that's is that just my electricity in me or something. I do have probably some uh, mercury or something. I don't know if that's picking up. Hebrews 11.32. I'm going to read Hebrews 11.32. About how faith, by faith made strong. What more shall I say? For time would fail me to tell of Gideon, Barak, Samson, and Jephthah, of David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith... Then we have two lists, a real exciting list of great things and then a weakness list. Who through faith, here's the exciting list, conquered kingdoms, enforced justice, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the power of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. That's what I want. I want to be delivered from my circumstances, don't you? But also, here's the last verse, verse 36. By faith, we're made strong out of weakness out of, and became mighty in war. But they were strong, made strong out of weakness. If you were to find your favorite verse in the Bible, the, not verse, but example in the Bible of those type of people, do you have names that come to mind? People who were in their weakness because of their weakness, not in spite of it, but because of their weakness, found the promise of God's strength in their weakness. Who would you name? Just Gideon. a few. Gideon. Joseph. Job, in his trial, in his suffering, made strong, right? Because of, through, right? 
What did they believe? That's what we're talking about this morning. What did they believe that caused them to have strength from God? They believed promises. They hoped in God's promises. Where faith believes all the word of God, hope zeroes in on the promises. Understand? Faith makes hope strong. Faith helps hope to see everything. But hope zeroes in. If you have hope this morning, it zeroes in on the promises of God specifically. And it allows you to do the will of God and to love him and others no matter what the test. That's what hope does. It allows you to do the will of God and love him and others regardless of the test. It does not, remember we want to say this, it doesn't make us obey. We can't sit here and talk and talk and talk about hope and think we're going to automatically do the will of God tomorrow because of it. But it's going to strengthen us and condition us so that we can do the will of God. It's this, if we feast on food, uh, it doesn't make us tomorrow do something physical, does it? No, it provides the opportunity to do it so that you can grow strong. Without faith, it's impossible to have hope. And without hope, it's impossible to have love and endurance in trial, right? Example trials. Um, Three people I want to give you, again, by faith made strong. Here are three that I would give you. I already mentioned Job. How hopeless did it feel to Job? Sometimes we think of Job's initial response. There's a man of faith. But let's think of his eventual response. Job 31, verse 35. Oh, that I had one to hear me. Let the Almighty answer me. You ever feel that way in your weakness? (laughs) How about Jesus? Again, we think of his victory, right? How about the reality of what he felt? My God, my God. Why, why, why? Psalm 22.1. Ever feel this? Do you ever identify with that when in your trials and in your personal weaknesses? Who by faith, though, made strong, right? How about the Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians 1.8? He was despairing of life itself. Uh, you ever have similar feelings of that? You're in a situation and you think, I don't see a way out. And you're tempted to say there is no way out. If you have never felt that, then you probably have never felt uh, hope, honestly, real hope. Because those kind of situations set up a need for real hope. (laughs) Biblical hope. It's necessary to grow. We prepare for these by growing in biblical hope. Uh, all the time are growing in our faith. And then when that trial comes, we hold on to the promise of strength and provision. Uh, Amy Carmichael, a great missionary, China, orphanages, spending much of her life in bed due to pain. Uh, Not just from the ending, the last thing that happened to her where she hurt her leg, but where she had this neurological disease that caused her great pain. Does God put great people in bed so they can pray more and get strength, right? So they can have hope in the eternal instead of set their eyes on the uh, temporary? Hope causes these people to endure obediently, and it does you and me as well. What are your two greatest trials or personal weaknesses? We can look around the room, and if you know each other, you know a little bit of that, right? There's Tina. There's Jenny. There's... John, there's Jay, there's Donna, right? All these you can, but but and you know them well. You know your personal.
struggles of weakness and trial. Um, identify those right now, if you would. Just take a minute. Make sure you have two of those. What trial makes you feel like Job sometimes? Tempted to feel like Job? Where's the Almighty? I want to tell him what's going on here. My God, why have you forsaken me? Don't you understand how much more I could do if you just relieve me of this? Right? And then, uh, as we have these people, do you have those uh, two circumstances, personal weaknesses in your life? Because I want to put that as a backdrop to what we're going to look at. Think of songs echoing God's promise of strength and provision. I was thinking about this uh, topic, and I was thinking um, about how all through life, uh, songs have been uh, echoing truths from the word in my life. Have they yours? If not, they must be there, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so we have, my, my favorite is uh, How Firm a Foundation. Maybe zero, and that just came to my mind as uh, I was preparing. How firm a foundation, you saints of the Lord, is laid for your faith in his excellent word, right? Um, uh, what uh, more can he say than do you ha he has said to you who for refuge to Jesus have fled? When through fiery trials thy pathway shall lie. What is it going to say? My grace all sufficient shall be thy supply. The flame shall not hurt thee. My only design, thy dross to consume and thy gold to refine. I mean, there's so much there, right? I'll never, no, never, never forsake. You've got these. How about... Uh, the song, day by day and with each passing moment, strength I find to meet my trials here, trusting in a father's wise bestowment. These songs must burn in us. I have no cause for worry or for fear, right? He whose heart is kind beyond compassion gives unto each day what he deems best. Lovingly, it's part of pain and pleasure, mingling toil with peace and rest. Help me then in every tribulation, ere to take it from a father's hand, right? As thy days, so thy strength shall be in measure. Is the promise he's made. So it goes on and on, right? These songs that echo biblical hope for strength and provision, right? Job, Jesus, Paul, Amy Carmichael, you and me, so that we can what? Endure obediently and love others in the process, right? That's it, isn't it? That's it. Scriptures on God's promises of strength and provision. Can you find one verse promising strength and provision, right? Because you need them, right? You can't have faith without the word, and you can't have hope without faith, right? And you can't have love without hope. So do you have verses? Uh, I have a few listed here. Turn to Psalm 23. Maybe you don't think of this as a promise of hope and provision, but what do we say there? The Lord is my what? Shepherd. Shepherd. Boy, what a promise of hope and provision, right? This is yours and mine through Christ. All the promises of God are yes in Christ. 2 Corinthians 1.20. Here's promise Promise, promise, promise. Look at these promises. The Lord is my shepherd through Christ, right? Shepherd, provider, protector, 
right? I shall not what? I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. I think of that when I think of Amy Carmichael spending a third of her life in bed, right? <laughs> he will make you lie down and enjoy him, not just the work he's called you to. Him, he is your delight. He leads me beside quiet waters. You have those times, no matter what's going on around you, that there's the quiet water within you, right? You know the Lord, and it's going to be okay. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness, even in those things, for his name's sake. Even though I walk. These are all promises, by the way, right? These are promises, as well as an experience, but these are promises to look forward to. He's done it in the past. He will do it in the future. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. There's the big promise, isn't it? God is with me. Pilgrim's Progress, have you ever read it? If you have, you've done better than me. I've just listened to it. Uh, I listen to the dramatized version, but uh, the valley of the shadow of death. This one tested Pilgrim more than any because he couldn't see his hand in front of his face and he heard scary things all around him and the path was so narrow to walk on. That's the problem, isn't it? Narrow path, can't see hand in front of face, scary noises around you. How's that going, right? You ever been there? Uh, Wayne Mack preached a sermon on that, Isaiah 50, verse 20. Who, have, who among you fears the Lord? Uh, I can't remember all it says, but heeds his word, yet walks in darkness. In other words, you're doing what's right, but mm, this is tough. Uh, but Pilgrim had said there that he couldn't use his sword you know, to fight off things. He had to use the weapon of all prayer. You know what prayer does? It helps us exercise what we've been reading about in the Bible. <laughs> Darkness helps bring it out, dark times. Uh, we, we can say confidently in the light, and then God turns the lights off, gives us a narrow path, helps us hear scary things around us, and now we have to exercise conscious awareness of God conscious dependence, which is where it all leads anyway. That's what the scripture is all about, is to lead us to one-on-one -on -one with God so that we can love each other and persevere. So we have these promises. I'm not going to go through the rest, but Psalm 23. Uh, I like the last one, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow or pursue me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is similar to Psalm 100. We are his people, the sheep under his care. Isn't that good? Provider, protector, right? And then it ends, Psalm 100, verse 5, The Lord is good, faithfulness to all generations. He's been faithful to keep Christians' engines running throughout history. He will not fail us, right? Philippians 1, 6, He who began a good work in you will be faithful to finish that good work until the day of Christ Jesus. Uh, back to the Pilgrim's Progress when Pilgrim in that story was heading into that valley and was in the middle of it and he was ready to turn back. He said with the top of his lungs, I will be strong in the strength of the Lord. Isn't that what it feels like sometimes, right? I will believe he exists and that he will reward me, right? This is faith arising when we wait on the Lord. Psalm forty thirty one, another promise we have listed. Let's turn there. If you have your Bible, Psalm forty thirty one. Yet those who wait for the Lord. Is that Isaiah? 
Isaiah 40, 31, yes. Isaiah, you got it? Those who wait for the Lord or hope in the Lord. Those who hope in the Lord or wait for the Lord will gain new what? There it is, strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles, and we understand eagles and how they mount up under the wind provided which is the picture of the Holy Spirit. They will literally sprout wings. You ever feel that way in the Christian life? You say, I don't see how I'm going to get through this. And that is doubt trying to destroy your strength. And you have to turn your mind very quickly to things like this. Yet the Lord is with me, right? He will strengthen me. He is with me. I fear no evil. And you begin to think, and all of a sudden these little wings start coming out. Oh, I do have those still, don't I? <laughs> and then the wind comes. Oh, I can fly over this trial and love people and do what's right. And then the little doubts come back. No, you can't. This is too hard. Turn back. And indeed, before Christian went into the valley of the shadow of the death, two people came out saying, don't go in there, it kills people. And you have those thoughts, right? And what was really exciting about that, uh, I don't know why this is making that noise. There. Uh, it's still on though, right? Um, he heard someone in front of him quoting Psalm 23. And as he heard that Psalm 23, he said, well, if someone else is in this valley, I'm not alone. And I'm supposed to be here. I didn't lose my way in the, in the, in the accomplishing of the celestial city. I'm, I'm on the right path. If, if other pilgrims are having to cry out for strength, and they're not just having an easy time of it, then I must be okay. I've got, I'm among good company. And he kept, and it, it encouraged him enough to keep going. So they sprout wings. We could go to Psalm 41.10. Do not fear, I am with you. Don't anxiously look about you, for I am your God, and I will strengthen you. I will help you. How about 2 Corinthians 12.9? Just a few more of these passages that show strength and weakness help in trial. 2 Corinthians 12, 9. The Apostle Paul, God says to him in his weakness after he begs God to take away and change the weather of his life, give him better, uh, we think maybe give him better uh, uh, talents, better speaking ability, or, or it could have been a physical thing, but it seemed like it was an insult weakness, a personal weakness, because uh, they, they said of him earlier in 2 Corinthians, Paul is very impressive when he writes you letters. But when he gets up in front of you, he's unimpressive. His speech is contemptible. And Paul took that, and he's pleading with the Lord, God, take this away. Isn't that interesting? He becomes a Christian. He's a great spe a speaker, and it appears that after he became a Christian, he lost his ability to be as impressive in front of people for whatever reason. And here we see Paul pleading in verse 8, like we do, and it's not wrong to plead with God to take it away, but somewhere you have to stop and say, I'm only going to do that half the time now. <laughs> the other half I'm going to say, give me strength to handle this. Glorify your name in this. Instead of just take it away, take it away, take it away. It can be your preoccupation. Here's what God says back to Paul. And he said to me, Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for power is perfected in weakness. 
Boy, we could study that and understand that in a million ways today. Every time God ordains a weakness in mine and your, mine and your life, He is ordaining His strength to be seen in that. My strength can best be seen when you're weak. And so I'm going to make Amy Carmichael weak. I'm going to make Charles Spurgeon weak. I'm going to make the Apostle Paul weak. You know, on and on we go in history. People used by God being weak, being made strong, not physically, but spiritually by faith, right? It gives a perspective that you can't get by just being strong. So, so he says, Paul goes on to say, so I will rather boast about my weakness instead of in myself, right? That the power of Christ may dwell in me. So those without the power of, of Christ, what would Paul be? So Paul without weakness would not be Paul. He would be Saul again, would he not? Weakness was necessary for Paul. And it will be necessary to a degree for each of us here that the power of Christ may dwell upon us. Seek first, Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Provision promised, right? Worrying about finances. Worrying about where is tomorrow's provision. I was thinking the other day on a bike ride that we were having. I don't know why it came to me on a bike ride. Maybe because when the blood pumps, I think clearer. But when I was riding the bike, I was thinking, you know, faith simplifies life, doesn't it? We can try to figure out what all the answers are around us and say, okay, I'm going to have a strategy to handle this and a strategy to handle that. And there's nothing wrong with planning your way to a degree. But faith says in the end of the day, you do what's right. You be obedient. You trust that God will be with you and you do what's right. It simplifies your life. You think biblically here. Yeah, but I feel horribly. Think biblically. Right? It's going to shut up and listen. That's what faith does in a good way. It comforts us. So here, seek first the kingdom. And then, of course, Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply what? All your needs according to his riches and glory. Paul could be well content then in weakness because God had made a promise of provision. Fourth, the purpose of God's, the purpose of God's promise of strength and provision. Here is where it's so important. If we're going to have the hope that God is promising, we need to have the right purpose in mind of why he's providing that. Second uh, Corinthians 2.14 says this, uh, Thanks be to God, Paul says, who suffered greatly. Thanks be to God, who always gives us sunshine. No, I didn't say it. Thanks be to God, who always leads us, here's his purpose, in triumph. Oh, that sounds good. Yeah, what? Triumph in spreading the aroma of Christ, right? In spreading the fragrance of Christ in every place. So that God provides you and me strength so that primarily he can exalt himself through us, and more specifically, the person of Christ can be seen in how we respond to that weakness. And what does it have an effect of then? It gives glory to God and draws other to Christ because every time Christ is lifted up, right, he draws the elect to himself. And so you and I are little Jesus Christ, in a sense, not deity, but reflections of the greater. 
And every time we suffer like Christ, critical, like Christ, the purpose of God strengthening us in that is to lead us in triumph of saying, show Jesus here. Let him show up. Let him show up in how you love people. Many people want the strength of the Lord to get rid of trials, right? And you know what? I'm with them. But we must mature in our understanding of why those trials exist. And at some point, we have to stop spending all our time or majority of our time searching for solution and praying for deliverance from that and pray for new heart instead of new circumstances, new faith, right? Instead of the ability to walk by sight in good times. Philippians 1.19 would illustrate this concept of God always leads us in triumph when Paul said, and I want you to see this because this is the verse I've been waiting to get to through this whole series. All right, you ever get one of those? This is, this is the one. I remember God burning this on my heart and, and Philippians 1, Paul's in jail and you know, he's in jail and it turned out for the greater progress of the gospel, the very opposite that you would think it would do. God's strength shows up in Paul's weakness. And here's why. Here's why. What was going on in Paul? Listen to Paul. Here's where we must get if we're going to get strength and we're going to see the purposes of God in that strength seen in Paul. Verse 19. I know, hear the confidence, that this shall turn out for my deliverance. Not circumstantial, guys. Listen, keep going. Through your prayers and the provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. What a dependent man. According to my earnest desire and hope. Remember how we've been talking about if you're going to have hope, you must have a desire and a belief in that person. Paul's sitting it right here. I have an earnest expectation of all the things I have in my life that I want to accomplish. He says, this is my earnest one. Single focused. That I will not be put to shame in anything. What do you mean? Like they're going to stone you and you're going to look like a uh, idiot there, you, you loved Christ and now you're all bleeding. Ha ha, joke's on you. No, I'm t- shame in this. Christ shall now as always, here's the purpose of God in strengthening Paul, be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Put your trial in there. Whether by delivering you from that thing or not, that Christ, no matter what, can be seen. I've heard someone say that this is the law of gravity in the universe. Christ will be exalted. So humble yourself under the power and get strong, right? Because that's where the power leads, to be strengthened in Christ. 2 Corinthians 12, 7, exampled here in Paul, uh, in Philippians 1, 19. And um, remember, the purpose for Paul, back to 2 Corinthians 12, the purpose for Paul being given a thorn in the flesh was so that he wouldn't exalt, yeah, And rather, the power of Christ would be what? Exalted in him. See how it parallels. Where's this power? Why does God make this promise of power and provision? So that Christ will be exalted in whatever goes on in you. You will have the fortitude. You will have the mental focus. You will have the physical strength and the provisions from God to exalt Christ. You will have that. Now move forward in the valley of the shadow of death. 2 Corinthians 1.8, the last one there, the purposes of God. uh, listen to this this is I quoted earlier Paul said we had we were burdened verse 8 be excessively beyond our ability to endure 
beyond our ability to endure, so that we despaired even of life itself. This is one of the most amazing disobedient responses of the Apostle Paul in some sense, because he was despairing of life. That means, that means he was hopeless. And it's sin to be hopeless, but Paul is human. And he wanted you to know that. He goes on to say this, though. We had the sentence of death within ourselves. Why? Why did God do that? Again, the purpose so that we would not trust in ourselves, exalt our, in ourselves, boast in ourselves, but rather <laughs> the God who raises the dead in whom we have set our hope. Right? See it there? So how are you dealing with your particular suffering and weakness? Right? Are you like all of us at times, fighting, complaining, fearing, denial of, denial of calling, oh God, you don't want me to do that, I'm too weak, I don't have the ability. Uh, do you pray more for the removal of suffering and weakness, or for, more so for the strength to use that suffering and weakness for his glory, right? The Savior's soul became troubled in John 12, 27, our author and perfecter of this. My soul is troubled Deeply grieved, what shall I say? Father, save me from this weather. <laughs> no, for this purpose I have come. Father, glorify your name. What are the conditions of God's promise of strength and provision? What are those? Well, you see there, uh, we have three things. Desire, belief are the first two. I must desire to be made strong. I must. God isn't just going to plop that on me. My faith must stir me up. Here this morning as you're hearing the hope, I hope you're made hungry. That's why we're feasting, to get hungry, right? <laughs> Psalm 107.9. I'd like you to write that down and think of it later. Listen to this. For he has satisfied the thirsty soul, and the hungry soul he has filled with what is good. How hungry are you for strength and provision to exalt in Christ, to have strength, right? Belief. What about belief? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 and 19. Paul is praying that the church would have the eyes of their heart enlightened, that they may understand a couple things. And the last, the third thing he says, that they may understand the incomparable power that's at work in those who believe. 1 Peter 1, protected through, by the power of God, through faith, faith. Faith takes all the resources of God and bridges it to your life. And let's say it this way. Faith takes all the promises that God has made and promises become the bridge to being strengthened with the strength of Christ. Lastly, uh, enough desire and belief to practice biblical, and the word is praying. Put the word praying. See, your desire and faith must, must be evidenced by praying. And much of it, which sometimes can be called pleading and crying. Remember one husband who was trying to help his wife uh, come to know the Lord, and she was uh, really troubling him and making it hard on him. He said, I'm trying to be humble. I'm trying to let Christ be exalted. I'm growing weak. Can't you give me some secret to that strength? And I said, he said, I, I find myself crying out regularly for God to strengthen me. I said, that's it. <laughs> You're joining a long line of godly men who have cried out, starting with Jesus, maybe perfectly. And this is our memory verse, Hebrews 5, or it connects to our memory verse. Hebrews 5, 16, let us draw near with what? Confidence to the throne of what? Grace, 
so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And why do you need that grace to exalt in Christ when you're going through that? Hebrews chapter uh, 5, verse 7. Listen to what it can sound like when you're drawing near to the throne of grace by the king of the grace, Jesus Christ himself, when he had to draw near. It said this of Jesus, Hebrews 5, 7. In the days of his flesh, Jesus offered up prayers and supplication with loud cries and tears to the one who could save him from death. He was heard because of his reverence. So Hebrews 5, Jesus cries because he needed strength and he cries out with loud tears fervently. And James 5.16 would say the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much, right? Jesus crying out, are you drawing near to the throne? That's the condition upon which you'll find strength, right? You must desire, be hungry, you must believe, and you must draw near to find mercy and grace in your time of need. Jesus cries, and he was heard because of his cry. And if you were to look in these Psalms, you would see in the Psalms, godly men, David and the writers, crying out. Psalm 40 to 43. Psalm 140, I'm sorry. Psalm 140 to 143. I cry to you by day. 140 all the way to 143. Psalm 88, Psalm 30, and then of course Jesus in Psalm 22. My God, my God, I cry out to you. As we close, practical helps. Practical helps for for putting this into your life. Use frequent prayer and singing, right? To exercise your desire for strength to endure. You have them listed there. To exercise your belief that God is able and willing to supply you such strength as promised in Scripture. I hope that you will look at that more as you're struggling and suffering as all of us. But you use frequent prayer and singing to exercise that desire and that faith. That's what prayer does. It exercises it, crying out. So we would say it this way, put off excuses for not doing the will of God in your trial. Right? Put off excuses and put on dependency. Right? Put off excuses and put on dependency. Second, dwell more on the biblical promises of strength and provision and dwell more on the promise of future good than on present bad and suffering. Do you understand that when you suffer and when you have a personal weakness, your mind is going to want to focus on that? And the more you focus on that, the less desire and faith and strength you will have from the Lord. So you must instead put off what? Put off thinking on those things. Put off worry and complaining. That's what we're saying here. And put on thanksgiving and future hope. Put it on. Passages. Be careful, how, number three, how much time you invest in trying to escape, <laughs> right? Versus seeking strength. To do what Psalm 34 says. Trust in the Lord and what? Do good. If you have gone from 120 IQ to 80 in your weakness, and you feel like that maybe as you get older, then by golly, use your 80 for the glory of God. Stop complaining about the loss of 40 points on your IQ scale, Okay? Right? That's what we do. We trust in the Lord in our weakness and we do good. And then, so we put off fretting over the obstacles and we put on faithfulness to daily opportunities. Don't, lastly, don't go it alone. Seek spiritual companionship in local body f- 
for mutual spiritual edification. In other words, we're going to put off in your suffering isolation. You are not to be isolated in a, as a pilgrim. You must have the sounds of other people crying out. Put off isolation and put on proper openness with others, right? An appropriate openness. You don't go around telling everybody how much aches you have all the time, but you do let them know what they need to know to strengthen you in your faith. Amy Carmichael could summarize well uh, this all in a prayer. I don't have time to go through it. I can give it to you later. But let's pray together now, would you? Lord, I thank you for your goodness. Thank you for the hope of promise by faith made strong in weakness. By faith made strong in weakness. Help us to reflect on these things and to apply them so that by faith we can have hope which produces a faithfulness to love. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.